Hello and welcome to Canine Hooper's World, the podcast. A whole new world of fun. Everyone's invited. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 42 of Canine Hooper's World podcast. Today, this subject is very close to my heart. Um, I am speaking to the wonderful Hayley from Halo Pups and today is all about chihuahuas. Now, if you are not a chihuahua fan, do not just go, oh, for God's sake, and stop listening. There is going to be value in this episode, I promise you, but we're going to be talking about social media training, um, online training, specializing in a breed, but also what it really is like living with a tiny dog, and I want people to kind of see the perspective of it. I know I've touched on this a little bit with the episode with Emily Osborne and with Steve Mann talking about Nancy, but without further ado, uh, Hayley, how are you, darling? I'm really well, thank you. I was just saying this is my first ever podcast, so so yeah, be gentle with me. <laughs> you can swear, you can do what you want. It's my podcast. <laughs> um, honestly, hun, don't be don't be worried. Like it's cool. We're just gonna we're gonna talk to hours, and we both talk to hours a lot. One of my favorite <laughs> subjects. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. So, um, Hayley, before we kind of get into it, you have a really cool um, Facebook group, which is the Chihuahua Training Help and Advice Group. Um, I do. Why did you set up your own little Facebook group? (laughs) Good question. Good question. Because I was on quite a few other Chihuahua groups because I actually have a Chihuahua crossbreed myself. Mm -hmm. And I just was... um, can I say appalled? Can I say appalled? Yeah, yeah you so I was appalled at the advice yeah. <laughs> giving out, given out to some of the training and behavior issues that were that were on there. And um, yeah, so there was lots of um, you know, always dominating you and all this sort of stuff and mm-hmm. spray them in water. Oh my sure I was barking up, spray them in water, it always always works for me. I just had to show them the the bottle now and they just scarper, you know, oh and lots of stuff like that. So just quickly, I'm just going to dive in. Um, dominance theory, really bad science, really outdated. <laughs> yeah. It's not a thing anymore. Um, spraying your dog with water. Now, if I spray Dodge with water, he'd find it hilarious because he absolutely mm. loves water. My trials don't particularly like being bathed, let alone like just don't be a dick to your dog. Okay. This is this is the message of my podcast. Don't be a dick to your dog. If you are doing something that causes your dog to be scared or uncomfortable frightened like just stop what are you doing we're meant to be superior intelligence in the species yet you're using methods that are causing are used like fear and intimidation um don't do it um dog training confession i have had to come off of all the chihuahua groups apart from (laughs) yours because i ran out of spoons with as you say the advice being given on house training than barking at other dogs there's so many different layers to trust and the advice wasn't actually looking at helping a problem or changing the problem it was just about suppressing it and not looking at what the dog was feeling emotionally it was just oh it's a pain stop it like what what are we doing people you've brought this little sentient being into your life Mm. Don't be a dick to your dog. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, emotion, any emotion drives behavior. Yeah. So why is that dog doing that? Yeah. You know, you're going to just su- use suppression 
I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, so... Um, well, in the words of Dunbar, you're just taking the batteries out your smoke alarm. If you absolutely pressing behavior, sooner or later, the dog is just going to go enough. And that's when you end up with fights happening and stuff like that. And I think um, with, with Chihuahuas, so Chihuahuas vary massively in what we see as a Chihuahua. Um, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, one of my favorite films, not even going to lie, <laughs> don't care. You look at the variety of chihuahuas in those films. They are all chihuahuas, but they look very different from each other. Mm -hmm. So you have um, two different head types to start yep. with. Um, always reminds me of Pinky and the Brain, the two head types. Like the deer head is like Pinky and the apple head is more like the brain. Um, sorry if that's offended anyone, just my opinion. But the apple heads are your show type chihuahuas. They are much smaller. Mm -hmm. I think they're not meant to weigh more than about two and a half, three kilos. The chihuahuas in my world are ginormous. <laughs> I have like hench yeah. chihuahuas. Um, mine are both ones too. <laughs> they're long coated um, and they are four and five kilos, which in chihuahua is huge. Mm. But also there are two different coat types. Now, originally back in the day, I don't know if you know this, Hayley, but chihuahuas were all in one breed group. And then the kennel yeah. club decided to split them into two. So you could put a short-haired dog and a short-haired dog together and get a litter of long-haired puppies out of them, <laughs> which is very confusing. So Chica, my original girl, was one of her parents was a short haired, one of her parents was a long haired. Minx had both, uh, well, her dad was pure long haired and her mum's obviously half and half. So she's three quarter long hair, one quarter short hair. Still a chihuahua, but because of the mixing coats, my dogs aren't registered with the kennel club mm -hmm. because they went with mixed coated, even though they are still technically chihuahuas, which is mental. But the other thing I, well, there's a couple of things. First of all, Merle Chihuahuas. They look very cute. There was a real fashion for these a few years ago. They are no longer recognised by the Kennel Club because, as we know, double Merle breeding is not good. And double mm -hmm. Merle breeding leads to deafness and blindness and all other sorts of horrendousness. So Merle Chihuahuas are technically not a thing. They mm -hmm. are not a recognised thing. Um, now, the other thing, teacup. Oh my goodness. Yes. It's like a trigger word to me. I just saw the look on your face. Like, oh my god, you <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Teacup, teacup, anything, teacup anything in the dog world is just like a red flag. It's a red flag. So if you have a teacup puppy or some or a puppy advertised as a teacup, that's usually like a runt. Mm. Uh, and runts are not normally the unhealthy you know, the unhealthy uh, puppy of the litter, Being aren't they? Really the smallest. Many, many moons ago, the runts of the litter were quite they, often put to sleep. Yeah. They were not the healthy ones. Yeah, in Chihuahuas, we have seen a fashion for runts being bred. Mm -hmm. So potentially the unhealthiest, and they're purely breeding for size. There's no thought for confirmation. There's no thought for health. There is no thought for temperament it's purely just let's breed the smallest 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 we can breed so they want small yeah of a hamster yes exactly and the smaller the better apparently but so uh, you know it's not <laughs> no, no. It's really not um now that being said there are some very healthy well-bred mm, teeny course. tiny chihuahuas 
But the thing that concerns me is that it has, I've met so many chihuahuas now that have severe fear-related issues. I mean, one of mine has very big emotions. I don't like the word reactive because at the end of the day, all dogs react to everything. We yep. react to everything. Um, I've stolen it from Taz. We call it big emotions. Now, tiny dog I love that. finds being around other dogs that she does not know difficult. And she will tell them off before they can worry her or upset mm. her. She mm. was chased when she was about... She was in adolescence, about 18 months old. Um, she was chased by a large dog and it wasn't playing. It was turning into a prey chase and it was terrifying. Since then, both of us have been a little bit edgy around dogs we don't know. Yeah. And notice I say both of us because I'm also very aware. But one of the things I did to help her was teach her a pickup cue. She can ask me when she wants to be picked up and I can also ask her if I can pick her up. And I know Steve does this with Nancy as well. Mm -hmm. um, when we see a lot of the advice in the groups, people almost find it funny that their chihuahuas are rushing up to other dogs to tell them off. Uh, funny. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of behavior that behaviors that chihuahuas do people find funny and I don't. <laughs> um a lot of it is yeah because it's it's like i'm gonna get there first before you chase me or yes. before you get to yeah, me and that is what it is with um, me he's like i'm gonna tell you first that i do not like you yeah if you're imagine you're nine nine or ten inches tall and the whole world is kind of like gigantic everybody is everybody are giants all dogs most dogs are gigantic and huge Mm -hmm. And you've got to feel if you're nine or 10 inches tall, you've got to feel some intimidation mm -hmm. every single day. I mean, everything's yep. massive. Yep. So you, you're probably more likely to be on the defensive. And a lot of people think, oh, it's small dog syndrome, et cetera, et cetera. Well, uh, it, it's it kind of is because they're given, you know, they're 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 small and they're trying to defend themselves. Uh, you know, it's just like that. But, but you small. I Small dog syndrome is another one of those terms that I hate because yeah. it makes it sound like there's there's a problem with the dog and it's not that, oh, well, oh, he's doing it because he's small, right? But what's the emotional experience for that dog there? What, why is the dog behaving like that? Is it genetic? Now, this is the other thing we need to remember. If you are, if you know your dog is fearful of the world or stuff or has big emotions, and you then breed with another dog that is fearful or has big emotions. Guess what the offspring are going to be like? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, honestly, now I think finding confident, well-bred chihuahuas is becoming harder and harder mm -hmm. and harder. It yeah. really, really is. And they're also one of those breeds that unfortunately do come into the realms of backyard breeding possibly puppy farms but they are not an easy breed to breed from i mean i have one litter we had an emergency cesarean because mm -hmm. they are prone for puppies to be breached or puppies to get stuck and if i knew now what i know then would i've had the litter probably not would i be without minks of course not but breeding is not an easy thing and people seem to have this thing of oh well you just find a stud dog put the babes together minx's sister had a litter um 
And I did say to them, look, you know, mum had a cesarean, so this isn't going to be easy. Be very mindful of the stud dog. Had a breech puppy, nearly lost the litter. Oh, my goodness. You know, and yeah. the, the, we're talking about chihuahuas that are four or five kilos, mm-hmm. not chihuahuas that are one, two kilos. It's a risky business. It yeah. is. So breeding is difficult. And I just think that a lot of people seem to just go, oh, but they're little and they're cute. Yeah, they just don't think, seem to think that the temperament matters if you have a small dog. I don't know why that is. Um, can you imagine if you were, if this was a shepherd or a Labrador or a Rottweiler? I'm attached you, to a shepherd with big all emotions. about the temperament. It's yeah. not fun. Well, it wouldn't be all about the temperament, but a lot, yeah, a lot to do with the temperament. <laughs> yep. But people think people tend to overlook a lot of things with little dogs, especially Chihuahuas, like the temperament and breeding. And I'll just, oh, they're small; they won't do much damage or they're, they're just, just pick it up or whatever, you know, it's just, but it's really, really I'm, I'm just wondering actually, if um, if we could breed out that the, the highly strung kind of barking at some stage, mm-hmm. I don't think that's ever gonna happen because of the backyard, backyard breed is just putting one this dog here and that dog here together. Um, and without any thought at all to what temperament they're, yeah, mm-hmm. what temperament the dog actually has. And, and um, one to everyone, this is not breeder bashing. Like no. if you are a good <laughs> ethical breeder that is doing all your health tests and you're breeding for temperament and confirmation and stability, then I applaud you. I appreciate you. And please keep doing the good work and maintaining the breeds to the standard they should be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For those of you that are trying to breed, so when I have my litter, and bearing in mind this is nine years ago now, it cost me with all the food, the whelping box, everything else, the vet visits, the emergency cesarean, mm-hmm. it cost me £2,000 nine mm. years ago to have two puppies. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Now, I am doing time, it correctly. <laughs> at the time, I could have gone and bought a Chihuahua puppy for about £400. Mm-hmm hindsight's great (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is the other thing breeding is not when you're breeding properly yes and ethically and for the breed not for your back pocket it's very difficult to make a profit it is it is absolutely you should not if you're breeding correctly you shouldn't really really be making any money to be honest with you yeah, it should really breeding dogs should really be about improving the breed, improve you know, and 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 breeding some really nice, healthy, sound puppies that are emotionally sound as well as as well as physically sound. You know, should be all about improving the breed and uh, breeding some lovely puppies. But exactly, um, I'm at the moment all like, that money. Would we be able to kind of breed chihuahuas that are a bit more confident, a bit less spooky? And I think, yes, I mean, uh, one of the episodes with um, Kim K that I did, she used to breed schnauzers. She managed to, over generations, breed a less shouty schnauzer. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, they are a very vocal breed. Mm. Um, Now, in terms of living with tiny dogs around the house, um, (laughs) trip hazard is the first word that comes to mind. Like, you have to learn how to not fall over things that are mm-hmm. behind you and you can't see them. Um, <laughs> generally, they learn to move out the way quite quickly. But 
This is the other reason why they can get very um, defensive and appear aggressive because actually they're fed up of being tripped over and trodden on by yeah. us great big giant monkey ape things that are just far too big. Coming around, to yes. Tiny things. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's, it is a good idea to put yourself in, in your chihuahua's sort of head, your tiny dog's head, and understand what it is like to be that small. Um, like I said before, you know, if you're nine or, or 10 inches tall, you've got to really put yourself into that sort of mindset. Um, but for me, um, a lot of people do tend to sort of move their chihuahuas by pick, going towards them and picking them up out of the way mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, which can be really quite intimidating. And imagine if you were kind of suddenly hoisted up in the air. Um, it's quite scary. That would take your breath away, wouldn't it? Well, it would yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and the thing I'm is, though, if you had a dog like, well, even Munchkin, to be honest, I mean, she's only 20 kilos. I wouldn't go around just picking her up willy-nilly because I'd end up putting my back out. So no, this is where the size really comes into it. And as you say, I see people like... Minx is cute. I kind of, you know, when children like wave, they do that weird like fingers to palm of hand wave. That's me. So I wave. Oh, sorry. That's <laughs> 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 awkward. <laughs> but I, that's Minx's like pickup cue. Right. I put my hand in front of her and do that. If she faces me, that means no, I'm cool. If she turns yeah. her bum towards me, that's the, yeah, you can pick me up now, mum. So I Absolutely. ask her to be picked up because always always ask yeah I mean I do the same with with Bo my chihuahua cross I will um how do I do it with Bo I'll just I'll I'll touch her on the side and I'll say ready are you ready if she kind of tenses uh or she looks at me then um I'll know I'll know that's no yeah if she, if she kind of does a little hop yeah. I'll go oh okay that's a, that's a yes and I'll pop, I'll pop her on the sofa or the bed or whatever it may be yeah. But um, yeah, absolutely. I think if you're living with a small dog and you're tempted, you're tempted to pick them up, aren't you? It is tempting to pick them up. But I think, uh, first of all, asking, teaching them to be, be picked up and be happy about picked up is really, really important. The second thing is, which is a complete game changer for me and, and my clients and, and um, the chihuahua uh, clients that I have, is teaching them something with like a nose target. Mm -hmm. or you know a nose target to hand so you can physically move them onto the sofa off to the off the sofa onto the bed across the sofa all that sort of stuff yeah. that is a game changer that will that will um um i might have to explain what that is actually the pub will understand nose target is the dog's nose touching yeah, your, hand, touches your hands and then yeah. you can move them around and do stuff i it's my favorite for when they've rolled in saint nasty generally fox poo and you're <laughs> trying to move them without actually having to touch their collar that's yeah. now smeared in fox poo chihuahuas do this as well as shepherds, so <laughs> and my terrier was a git for that but it is, as you say, like, do they want to be picked up on the sofa? I mean, we actually have a um, little step. There's a step next to the bed and there's a step next to the sofa, mm -hmm. um, which we call the Chuka's step because that's Chica's little nickname in the house. And she comes over to the sofa and she does this little pat pat on the sofa and you're like, Chuka, use your step. And she's like, okay. And she wants it like, <laughs> that's step. cute. It's also because, you know, when you're proper comfy on the sofa, like that having to move to lift the chihuahua up, like, and yeah. she does, I don't always want to be picking her up, especially if they've just eaten, like picking them up is difficult without like smushing their belly or whatever. So 
we have a little what we call the tricker step that she can use that because That's cute. she's getting old now as well so you know she used to just ping up but she, she used to think she had to turn three circles before she could jump up it was like a little, <laughs> little wind habit. it's like she had to wind herself up before she could jump and we were like yeah we probably need to put a little step in there for her don't we <laughs> And that's cool now she has a step but I tell you what if someone knocks on the door she can jump on the sofa perfectly fine to shout with the person at the door <laughs> with no step required so you know but the whole consent thing with tiny dogs really interests me because so many people don't even contemplate it years ago I worked with a Westie that was nailing everyone in the house I mean this Westie had literally bitten oh, wow. the person and it was because it had no choice in any of the handling that was happening. And we brought in things like the bucket game, which people can Google, mm -hmm. nose touches, the pickup cue. And within a month, it had gone from the dog nailing everyone that came near it. So the dog was actually actively going over to people and going, can I have a cuddle, please? Because no one's cuddling me now. Because oh, wow. Yeah. It was literally, I was like, I remember turning around to them saying, if this was a Rottweiler, would you be picking him up? And they went, well, no. I went, so why are you picking him up? Absolutely. This is the thing, isn't it? It's like, well, why is there one rule for this dog and one rule for that? That The, the driving emotion behind, uh, you know, the, the aggression or whatever it may be, if the mm -hmm. dog's not feeling comfortable about, about something, is the same. But people tend to be a bit more lackadaisical with a small dog and think oh well I'm not, I'm not going to get bitten I'm not going to get um injured too bad however if they go to pick up a, a rottweiler or something um they're more likely to go to, to think well they're going to get really seriously injured so I'm mm -hmm. not going to do that again however with a small dog they're more likely to think well it's just a little scratch or a little it doesn't matter saying that about... I remember um a chihuahua mm. I worked with years ago Max he was lovely um, absolutely stunning little thing very nervous new people and I was doing the consult and I stood up and he bit my shin luckily oh, I had yes. Ugg boots on he bit through my Ugg boots oh there you go <laughs> so if I just had leggings and trainers on that day yeah he probably would have drawn blood um so he really meant that bite didn't he yeah he because really I completely freaked him out because oh my god I stood up yeah i'm sorry buddy so after <laughs> that we remembered that he had to be moved away or put in a separate room if people were gonna people coming in had to sit down and mm -hmm. then before they left he had to be put away or given a snuffle mat or do something else we completely changed protocol and now he can have people in at the house and he's a completely different dog but it was that whole he'd had bad experiences he didn't have any consent the other one is people that hold their trials and then allow other people to approach and stroke the dog and then go, oh, well, they're a bit snappy being stroked. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> if I yeah. down the road and people kept trying to face palm me, yeah. I would be biting people. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. I think this is this is all about choice. Um, and giving them giving them a way out you know it's like mm. you are allowed to say no you can say no you don't have to be i mean if you're if you're held in someone's arms you can't move you're physically not not able to move and you know hands are really big yes like if you're a tiny dog hands are really really big so you can imagine if you're just like you can't move and a big hand's coming towards you you don't know whether this is hostile or friendly 
or what's what it's going to do to you hmm. you're going to go whoa hang on a minute and even and you you might give a little bit of a warning like a whale eye or a little or a little snarl or something and that hand's still coming towards you yeah you're uh, yeah that's yeah. the other things that imagine like those big foam fingers yeah 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 get, like football matches and stuff mm-hmm. and like concerts can you imagine someone coming towards you with a big foam finger and like sticking it towards your face like yeah probably absolutely that's it's still not as big scary. as what uh, our human hand is to some of these dogs because they are mm-hmm. so tiny and they give so many signals that are completely ignored because they're tiny. You know, if Dodge puffs up his hackles and growls, people back the feck up very quickly. Yeah. Mink growls, people laugh at her. Yeah. <laughs> I know. This is, this is, unfortunately, they, there is the cute factor, isn't there? People, um I think that you know obviously tiny dogs are really really cute mm. and they they want to approach them and then it's like well they growl or snarl and it's like oh that's so that's hilarious so bless it you know it's so hilarious but if it's a shepherd you're like whoa I'm backing away they take it much more seriously because they know that they could get seriously injured yeah. well, you can get injured obviously with your own boots with your your oh, leg seriously there was an ugg boot but injury like ugg <laughs> boot injury but they're not taking them seriously yeah. and what happens is if that person isn't, or that dog is not kept safe, and that person, um, and that continues over and over again, like a person will approach, the dog growls or snaps or lunges or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and that continues all the time, well, that dog's gonna learn that actually, I have to escalate my behavior even more, and I probably have to bite now because you're not listening to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in my, in my career, working with dogs, because one of them was when I was grooming, but I have sustained, three what I would call bites. Uh, one was the Ugg boot incident. Um, one was when I was grooming, it was a chihuahua. And um, the other one was a Pomeranian uh, when I first, first started. And it was a rescue pom that had all of the batteries taken out of his smoke alarm. This dog, uh, yeah. um, looking back, he gave a slight tongue flick and then nailed me. And mm. I mean, he oh, wow. nailed me as well because mm. he'd been ignored. He yep. had not had people go oh hang on it's it's done this or it's done that or you know it's just so hard to explain to people that we at the end of the day we are guardian whether you want to call yourself a guardian an owner a pet parent we are responsible for this teeny tiny sentient being that is in our world and a lot of the things that if it was a bigger dog, would be seen as massive behavioural issues, I just kind of poo-pooed as, oh, well, it's a chihuahua. Which yeah. should not be a thing. No. Like, also, looking at it from the other perspective of being a large person, if you know you have no recall of your small, teeny, tiny dog, and your small, <laughs> teeny, yeah. tiny dog is likely to charge across a bloody field, mm. shouting at other dogs harness and a long line because the other thing is is that if another dog takes umbrage with your Mm -hmm. tiny dog and decides actually no that's not okay it can take a single snap for your dog to be killed now if the other dog is on lead and your dog has run up to that on lead dog and unfortunately the worst possible scenario has happened 
you as the off-lead dog owner are at fault. And mm. I've seen this. I've seen this happen a couple of times recently, um, read stories on social media where it's unfortunately been puppies that have run up to on-lead dogs and ended up yeah. either badly injured or worse. Mm. Um, I had an incident the other day. Um, Dodge um, told Chica off. There wasn't a, there was a little bit of spit on Chica, but because of the size difference, I'm now very mindful. Dodge is not left unattended while the chihuahua's out. If I'm leaving the house, they are kept separate because all it takes is for one of the chihuahuas to go, oi, and for him to go, actually, no. And if he misjudges the pressure he's using, yeah, that could end so so badly disastrous yeah absolutely because of the size difference of breeds Mm -hmm. that's not saying you can't have tiny dogs around giant dogs because you can you know monks in tibet for centuries had teeny tiny tibetan spaniels with massive giant tibetan mastiffs that are literally (laughs) the extremes of the scale that lived harmoniously but you also have to be mindful that i have a very sharp dog with very big mouth that Mm -hmm. weighs 33 kilos and I have very small dogs that weigh four kilos that if they're a little bit mardy with him one day and he goes "Mm, no Mm -hmm. that's gonna not end well absolutely yeah I see so much especially on the German shepherd groups and large oh these bloody small dog owners they just little dog people it's not a thing it's not okay for your dog to run up to another dog and be a rude little asshole. No, I train do. your dogs. Train your little dogs. Train all your training. dogs. Yeah. Train all your dogs. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what, what it is, but um, people say, they seem to think that chihuahuas are untrainable or can't be trained yeah. for some reason. Let's do a little myth training. because, yeah, chihuahuas are untrainable. Okay, well, one of mine has got <clears> trick <throat> awards, um, competes at Hoopers. Uh, my other one has trick awards, did some rally, did some obedience, did agility. She was my pre-Hoopers dog. But, you know, Minx competes at Hoopers and Chica had a go at everything, including bite work in her heyday. God love her. Now she oh, wow. I'd love to see that. Oh my god, honestly, it was hilarious. <laughs> it's like, I've got teeny tiny bite toys from Julius. Oh, cute. <laughs> I think I meant for tiny puppies. Facing mm-hmm. <laughs> chihuahua-sized bite toys. It's fine. Yeah. But chihuahuas are super trainable. Super, super absolutely. Trainable. Absolutely. The thing I struggled with, and I want to know if this is just my chihuahuas or if this is quite a common house training. Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, the house training, the house training. Chihuahuas are not the easiest to house train. Not the easiest to house train, no. Um, I think probably because they've got a very, very small bladder. And because you know your, what relative, I, your dog is tiny, then yeah, ladder is tiny. Just take them out more, 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 yeah. um, more frequently. Um, but you know, you see a lot on the chihuahua groups, um, and actually a lot of people that I speak to, and I'm not dissing anyone, you know, you know, I have used puppy pads in the past, but puppy pads are frequently used for tiny dogs, especially oh, I wish I on the get-go. Pads. I wish I'd never <laughs> used puppy pads, <laughs> yeah. Um 
and really puppy pads and you know they have their uses but puppy pads for me when you're house training any dog like um, we don't really need them um take your dog out straight away to the garden from the get-go and i've i've successfully helped to house train lots of trial puppies and trial crossbreed puppies mm-hmm. um and i've done really really well there's no need to use them but a lot of people i think automatically think i've got to use the puppy pad maybe also because they think that they the chihuahua puppy can't go outside into the mm-hmm. garden and use it maybe because of vaccinations or because they're so small, they're, it's unsafe or whatever, but really you should be getting your child puppy outside from the get-go because puppy pads are just damn confusing. <laughs> they, um, they really are. They really, really are. So I remember um, one of my child clients lived on um, in a flat in the middle of London. They had a toileting area um, that did have puppy pad, but it was yeah. because they struggled to be able to get the puppy all the way down the stairs to get out when they needed to. And they were happy with the dog toileting in that area. It was actually in their bathroom. So Mm -hmm. literally the little chihuahua went to the bathroom when she needed to go. She would do her business. And quite often she would come and tell them and be like, excuse me, could you clean clean my toilet, please? Because I can't Mm -hmm. flush it myself, thanks. Mm -hmm. That is very different. So my girls, if the weather is cold and wet and disgusting. If I do not go out in the garden with them to make sure that they have actually, and I've watched them. So my girls cock their legs slightly as well. I've watched them fake, all my girls cock their legs, it's hilarious. But I've watched my dogs fake cock their legs and then come back in and pee on a doormat. Oh dear, oh dear, yeah. Now, I've not seen, mine's not, done that my sort of fake cock to leg <laughs> oh no it, it was very vile wet horrible weather and I was yeah. like you need to go outside and she went look I've done it and then ran in and literally two seconds later peed on the rug and I was like <laughs> I just took you outside so then I learned I would take an umbrella out and I would put the umbrella over them because when you are that close to the floor this is the other thing people need yeah. to the reason why a lot of chihuahuas do not like the elements is because when you are that close to the floor, it's really cold and wet and miserable. Yeah. You would not want to be like crawling along the floor in the wet. I mean, you would No, absolutely. Anyway. But- a, good, a good tip, I've got a good tip though, I don't know whether you've seen this, is when it is, is likely to be wet or snow or anything that's nasty outside, is to um, just pick a piece of uh, garden, your lawn, and then put a piece of tarpaulin or like a slab or something over it, and then uh, just pop a, a tarpaulin or slab down, it rains overnight, in the morning you can take your chihuahua out and then open, and, you know, take the slab off the tarpaulin and you've got a dry patch. Oh, which is quite good, good. Yeah. A, couple, a couple of slabs you know um, so it, I, do, I do advise that sometimes snow. <laughs> oh really snow. they think snow is great because it's it's not wet is it? it's when it's cold no. and wet. um now the other thing with with the girls honestly I mean they're what nine and twelve now my girls and they will still if I'm not on it and the weather's not great they will just pee on the back doormat they're like ah eh, close enough I can see outside girls can we not ask to go out like (laughs) honestly they but you know what I've accepted it and if they pee inside that is my fault for not paying attention properly 
this does happen to me as well. I mean, not me, but my dog. <laughs> it does happen to the two I don't like to pee outside. Um, we do not need to wild wee, babe. Like, we no. Nothing. Um, this happens to me as well. I mean, my chihuahua crossbow, she she doesn't like the wet. Well, nor does, nor does Jack Russell, to be honest with you. But I have a special kind of like uh, wet weather cue. Mm-hmm. Not cue, I guess it's like a, a, a way I do it. So I stand, I stand at the door with them and it's raining and everything. And I'm going, right, because I know that she needs to go outside. If she doesn't go outside, she will pee inside. Yes. Um, and I don't want that. So I'll stand at the door and I go, it's raining. Okay, you ready? Okay, okay, be brave. Okay, one, two, go. And they both go out and do a quick pee and come back in. Amazing, perfect. It's so, like a wet, wet weather thing. But putting it on cue also helps. So Mike, it's go be quick, go be clean. Yeah. With my girl. Absolutely. And it's then a game changer, really. Oh, okay. Off they go. Um, Munch is cute because my husband trained her as a puppy. It's go whittles. Okay. Cute. Can we not just tell her to go and be clean? Like, seriously, no. Um, it does make me laugh. And her, I'll be like, Munch, go be clean. She looks at me and I'm like, oh, go whittles. She's like, okay. Yeah. Never let your husband pick the cues. <laughs> that was not a thing. But... Giving them the the opportunity, like explaining to the dog, like when you do this, this is the good stuff, and putting all that effort in as puppies is all well and good. But we have to remember that throughout their life, they are like, oh, but it's really cold. Well, I really don't want to be that. So you need to be on the ball. You need to be watching them. If your dog has an accident in the house, they're not doing spiteful ways. I saw this on a thing the other day. It was a spite way. I'm sorry, what? Like, uh, <laughs> what a thing. Dogs hmm, are okay. in the house because they're being spiteful. It's either because you haven't paid attention or you've told them off when you've caught them previously. So now they're doing sneaky ways because they're scared about being they're hiding. Yeah, absolutely. They're hiding it. Or do you know what? They've just got caught short and you're not around. So they've had to go. There's yeah. a reason why I have turtle mats at the back door because they go in the washing machine. Oh my God. <laughs> really? I have special, like they're rubber back mats. They're, um, the brand I use is called Turtle Mat. They're like any of those mats you can get in the garden center, whether it's a little bit carpety on top, but it's rubber underneath. So if they do have an accident, the rubber stops it soaking through. You put it in the washing machine. No one died. Whatever. No. no. This leads me on to the back to the <laughs> whole chihuahua groups, and you know where I'm going with this with the boy dogs. Now, boy, boy dogs, dogs, yes. I have just said that all my girls cock their legs, but mm-hmm. boy dogs' anatomy is a bit different. And obviously, where their little winky is placed, they do tend to lift a leg to sofas, chair legs, any yeah. vertical surface. Mm-hmm. I've just been recording a Christmas episode, Dog Train Dictionary, and we were talking about how people bring in a Christmas tree for the first time, and the young yes. adolescent dog goes, Oh, pee post. Yeah. <laughs> I know it smells like the forest, but you're not meant to pee on yeah. that. <laughs> Pen round it always works. <laughs> that was our solution. Yeah. <laughs> just put a fence around your Christmas tree. It saves yeah. the presence. Fence it off. Fence it off. But in the in a lot of the trial, and I don't see this in any of the other breed groups, any of the other advice groups, belly bands. Now, for belly people bands. that are not familiar with a belly band, <laughs> it's like 
it's, it's like bizarre. It's bizarre. That's what it is. Three dogs to stop them peeing in the house. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a thing that you. Is it Velcro? Like is Velcro thing? Like a, like a strip of material you put around the tummy area. Yeah. To cover the little winky, and then you, you fasten it somehow. I think one of the Velcro or yeah, something. Yeah, Velcro or, poppers or something. And yeah. when they, yeah, and when they um want to go to the toilet and they cock their leg instead of cocking their leg and it goes on the sofa or something it kind of just seeps into the material that's right isn't it yeah yeah there i mean um, i don't recommend them i don't like them the only time i have spoken with someone and said i understand why you're using it right now is because they had rehomed um a chihuahua mm. um He'd come from basically, he'd ended up living in the garden because people just could not house train. So they just basically left him in the garden. Yeah. Short haired as well, not even a long haired. He was short haired mm. chihuahua living outside. Oh Less than ideal. Okay. They are not no. designed for outdoor living people, um, especially the short heads. Like my Stafford gets cold in the winter. Think how cold your chihuahua is going to get. So he was not house trained when he came to the house. She had other male dogs in the house as well. So if one male dog cocks the leg, you know what the others are going to do as well. <laughs> so she used the belly band for the first few months because she needed to house train him and prevent him from peeing. Yeah. I understand the use of that. I don't like the use of it, but I understood it was being used as a training tool. Mm-hmm. They are advised in the Chihuahua groups as basically the same as using... So sometimes if bitches are in season, you can have season knickers, basically, mm-hmm. where it's a little pair of knickers for the dog just to stop them getting season blood and other stuff around the house. Yeah. Personally, I've never used them with my girls. It, all of my girls have been very clean and we've just restricted them to an area that is cleanable. But... Mm-hmm. Again, I understand if the bitch needs to wear the little pads in the house so that they can still be on the sofa and still be part of your life. I don't have a problem with that for the three mm-hmm. weeks there in season, once, twice a year. When you are making a male dog not only potentially uncomfortable, but also the health implications of them being stained with urine on their bodies. Mm-hmm. It's not ethical. No, and I don't agree. I'm, I'm like, I'm like you. I don't agree with them at all. And um, I mean, how long do you leave that on? I mean, does it dry? It's how sore does that get? I mean, it must be really quite sore, like like nappy rash. Then you've got another yeah. issue, haven't you? Um, yeah. No, I'm not keen on them at all. I don't know why. For me, I, I would just. Um, I, I can understand what you said before about just as a temporary measure, but as a, t- a, a sole house training um, tool to use to actually mm. stop it, it's mm. not good. I, I think you know, make sure, making sure you clean the area thoroughly, killing that ammonia, yes. and with enzyme cleaner or the you know whatever else you've got, but enzyme cleaner, um, and just going. If you have an issue with your chihuahua cocking its leg or marking in a house, first of all, I would be getting a UTI check at the vets. Because if my girls suddenly have peed in the house, if it's that, oh, it's raining, oh my God, blah, blah. But if for some reason they've started peeing around the house, that is the first protocol. Get a urine sample, take it to the vet. I think last urine sample, I think cost me 30, 40 pounds to have checked. Mm -hmm. It was all clear, it's fine. 
Because my girls are getting older now, I do an annual one just to make sure liver and everything else is working fine because they're getting older girls. But people overlook UTI so much when it comes to house training, whether it's a tiny dog or a puppy. Like if your dog's behavior suddenly changes and they're suddenly peeing everywhere, why would you not get the health side checked first? Like, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah get that done and dusted then we can work on the behavior side and sometimes it's not the behavior it's it's just a little infection or something but yeah. most of the time it's not you know and it's just we go back to basics after that yeah exactly that and the thing i mean if if ever you've been unfortunate enough to have a uti it's not nice it's like the worst feeling ever and mm. that feeling of needing to pee but you can't pee and then all of a sudden you realize you do need to pee and oh my goodness like when you then add squirting water at the dogs, yeah, punishment. shaking stones at the dogs, mm -hmm. throwing things at the dog, don't be a dick to your dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Nice. Let's just empathise with the dog. Empathise first mm -hmm. and then move forward. Yes, yes, yes. I just, I, so what we are saying is belly bands. For an extreme case where you've maybe brought in a rescue dog that really has not been house trained and you cannot have them urinating in the house, but you need to be supervising. You can't just leave that on 24-7, you know. Also, some dogs pee when they're overexcited, especially puppies. How many puppies do we know that when they see us, they just do a little pee-pee? Absolutely. And, you know, a, a lot of people... <laughs> So I always pee when he greets me when I come home. It's peeing Wait. everywhere. You know, a good thing, a good thing to do. If you're if you've got a dog or a puppy that is peeing when they when you're being greeted, when you're greeting them, when you yeah, when you're yeah. greeting them when you come home from work, it, see if you can just get them outside first and then do your greeting rather than come in and go, all, oh hi, hi, you know, and, and greet them at the door or on the carpet or in the house. Mm -hmm. See if you can just quickly get them outside first and then do your greeting. If they do do then a, a excited wee, then at least they're outside. Yeah, but, exactly. But yeah. One of um, it was a little Datsun that I train. I still train with her. Even now, like I have to be really mindful how I say hello to her because mm -hmm. I cause her to do excitement with. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I'm really sorry. Which, if it's in the training field, is fine. But when we moved from outside into indoor training over the winter, I had to come out and say hello to her in the car park before she came into the hall. Because if she came into the hall, guaranteed she would pee in the hall and I'd be yeah. like oh no now we've got to pee in the car and, <laughs> and they're just oh, sort of like doing this little trail of, of oh, wee <laughs> that's my bad for being super hyper and far too exciting for the dog like I always for Bo she does that as well um so I always get her outside first if I can um and then she'll kind of just do a little squat and then I can go crazy not yeah. that I go crazy with them, but you know, I go as crazy as I can. If your dog is comfortable, if you go mental and being, yeah, yeah, fine. do it. But in the house, I'm like, oh, I really want to say hello to her, but I've got to get her outside first. Yeah. Um, so also, the other thing as well with chihuahuas yeah. that I see in the group, the chihuahua shake. Like, oh, yes. the most the normal thing yes. in the world. Now, okay, chihuahuas, do, some chihuahuas do vibrate now mine do it when they're either really 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 excited or actually if they're worried so like the instant we had um with dodge and chica afterwards chica was shaking mm -hmm. so would i for just had a large shepherd please yeah, to be too. fair 
Imagine, like literally, that was like one of those like basically with Jurassic Park. Like she basically just had a large T Rex like go towards it. Like that's terrifying. Do you know what I mean? So, I don't blame for shape, but again, people are like, oh yeah, it's just the chihuahua shape without any thought of, is it adrenaline because the dog is excited or is it adrenaline because the dog is scared? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean- um, I don't think it's Because they're teeny tiny, they're very short coats and they're bloody cold. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, if you're that, like we were talking before, weren't we? If you're that tiny and you're kind of that bony and you, you're, I mean, they're, they're, the, the short coats are so fine in terms of they're so close to the skin, aren't they? You're going to get cold. Um, so and you're very it, close to the floor too. And the very floor close to the floor. Yeah, absolutely. So are they just very, very cold? Is there a driving emotion behind the, the, the shaking? What, why is your chihuahua shaking? Are they anxious? What's just happened? What is about to happen? Mm-hmm. um you know are they are they excited there's lots of reasons for it mm. um personally my dog uh, only trembles when she's anticipating something or, or she is really cold um but yeah I don't know that that would I think that would maybe worry me if I was my child was shaking a lot I'd be yeah. like why you read it all the time don't you and like, oh yeah it's just two hour shake they just do it yeah like why is my child shaking there's got to be a reason why do you shake why do you tremble you're usually because you're feeling something. Yes. You're not, not just going to randomly tremble, are you? Um, you see oh, a lot of people holding them. Simmering around like a little pot, like simmer, 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 simmer. <laughs> Too much coffee, maybe, but... <laughs> exactly that. Yeah, you're just buzzing on too much caffeine. But the other thing, now this is one thing, it's not just two hours. A lot of small dogs do this, a lot of brachiocephalic breeds, so the uh, breeds with the short nose, but any dog can do this. But the first time you hear it, your heart stops a little bit reverse sneezing mm, yeah now, that's really common especially I mean I see because I'm in a quite a few two-hour groups and I'll probably every day there's probably about three people that send a video in with it what's my two-hour doing and it's like this reverse sneezing um so I'm my two-hour doesn't do it so mine do. do yeah both of mine do and both of mine are deer heads now I know sometimes the apple heads are a bit more prone to it because they're a bit more brachycephalic they've got a smaller nose hmm. um Frenchies pugs um used to walk a cavalier that did it as well so dogs are just that little bit smaller sometimes it can be to do with a soft palate they don't actually know what the what the veterinary reason of it is. I'm just gonna play a really couple of quick seconds of what a reverse sneeze sounds like. Okay. Hopefully this works. It, it sounds like a car that can't quite start or some other sort of mechanical issue going on. Now, interestingly, yeah. that video was a beagle. <laughs> oh, wow. That's the beagle. Oh, right. Okay. Actually, okay. A dog that has a very good nose is known to have yes. an amazing olfactory system is still having a reverse sneezing episode. Um, yeah. The way if my girls do it, sometimes they do it if they've got a bit overexcited, if they've been playing and running around, um, especially Cheeky now, she's getting a little bit older. She tends mm. to do it a little bit more. But if it's, if it's a cough after exercise, check with your vet because chihuahuas can have heart problems. Yes, yeah. can be a sign of the heart's not working correctly. But if it's just this reverse sneezing thing, honestly, it's terrifying the first time it happens. Now, 
the way I deal with it with my guys, I just gently massage their throat and I just very gently and gently blow mm. onto their nostrils. Now, some dogs, they say cover the nostrils. If your dog is not happy with your fingers going next to their nose, yeah, she would let me, you know, if you just gently like put your finger on the end of her nose and just yeah. blow, she sort of does this little gulp and then goes, oh yeah, I can breathe now. Thank yeah. goodness for that. So Kerry, what, what, what does that do when you blow into their nostril? Um, it was one of those things. What do you do when there's reverse sneezing? You can blow into the nostril. Some people, it, they say it's to do with the airways not working correctly. So that little puff mm. of air kind of kicks the system back into okay. air in, breathe out, in, out, in, out, rather than, because it is literally, they are sucking the air through their nostrils. Yeah. Um, and through their mouth, like reverse sneezing sounds horrible as you've just heard on that soundbite, but they don't know what causes it. And as mm. I've just played a video of a bloody beagle doing it, like any breed yeah. reverse sneeze, but mm. it is really scary the first time it happens. Yeah, and a lot of people think their dog can't breathe. They like, it can't breathe, can't breathe. Yes. It's got something stuck in the throat or something like yes, that, you know? Exactly. Um, does sound a bit like that, but. But yeah, and in I'm some sure. dogs, it can sound like choking. So do make mm. sure the airway is clear. Yeah. Um, that's why I tend to sort of massage the throat because then I can feel, mm -hmm. is there something in the throat? Can I feel something? Like, has one of them decided to gulp something down they shouldn't? Um, Chica can't be given. Um, chews that are... I have to monitor her with chews and all my dogs are separated when we have chews because... Chica will literally turn into a python and tries to swallow things whole. Um, you know, you get like the lamb trachea, <laughs> trachea. Oh, sorry. Like lamb and beef trachea. Yes. It's literally like the animal's windpipe. Yeah. Chica has started to swallow a lamb's trachea that I oh, basically pull back out of her and go, you're meant to chew it, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So... Yeah. You know, there is obviously a choking risk. Yes. Reverse sneezing. I, I did a bit of research on this before we started recording and there isn't actually a known medical reason for it. It just seems to be one of those things dogs do, but chihuahuas are very prone to it. Mm. Um, and uh, we were saying also that if you are worried, then always contact your vets. Yes. Um, a good yes. idea is to take a video of, of, of what's happening and then send it to your vet. Call them first and send it to them because um, just in exactly. case. But now with, with the joys of modern technology, um, with included in my dog insurance, I can get a virtual vet consult on my phone. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So I can have, and also you can get, you know, you can do remote consults with trainers and you can do remote training classes as well. But now you can do remote vet visits. So if there is something like that and you think, oh my goodness, what is this? You know, go, if your vet is busy because the vets are completely swamped at the moment, mm -hmm. God love our vets and our vet nurses and all the amazing work they do. And we appreciate y'all so much because- Absolutely someone ringing up and going oh my dog's doing this thing and they're like it's just reverse sneezing but as an owner it is really terrifying if your dog is ever doing anything completely weird and oh my god 
get a little video of it because that can really help your vet understand what on earth is going on. Because you know, by the time you get to the vets, the dog will not be doing the thing. No, the magic of video, isn't it? I mean, that's so useful just to, everyone's got our phone on us nowadays, just put the video on and then... Uh, that, but even, um, because, yeah. One of my friends, um, her dog is, um, he's now been diagnosed with um, epilepsy. Mm. And... She kept saying to the vet, it's like he's having a seizure, but it's not a seizure. Got the video of it. And the vet was like, if you hadn't shown me that video, we wouldn't have been able to diagnose this. Oh, wow. Because it wasn't a seizure in the way you would think of. It was a completely different sort of neurological symptoms to what you would expect. And it's a very specific type of epilepsy. But thanks to video you can do it you know munch was lame a little while ago i didn't really want to travel her all the way to the vet i knew there wasn't anything there wasn't anything broken that i could tell videoed it my vet looked at it and went yep no that's fine we can sort that out come down and see it, it meant i didn't have to travel an injured dog mm, yeah because again the added also traveling when you're sore like and we think she pulled a muscle but again it's that that being able to video and having a good relationship with your vet where you can go, excuse me, this thing's happened. Can I just send you this video? And yeah, absolutely. And if, if you, um, if you're able to get a video to your, to your vet um, and the dog doesn't have to be seen, that's a lot less stress as well. Yeah. Um, Because right now I think trainers. sorry, doing something weird and you can get it on video for us trainers. We absolutely it's so powerful we don't want you to set your dog up to fail and deliberately put your dog in a situation where they're gonna do the thing mm. but if you happen to have it on video so we can see it without the dog having to go through the stressors all over again then yeah great and you know sometimes it's not what you think as well sometimes yeah. the owner will send me something that she'll think they'll they'll think it's something else and i'll think oh, and i'll say actually it's something else um and where it's so for example aggression um i say well actually that dog's playing or it just wants to play or just Mm -hmm. just attention barking or something like that like that um i mean majority of aggression a large large percentage of aggression is fear-based yes dogs are behaving in they've gone into fight mode because they are scared and they cannot move away they can't do the flight section so they've gone into, right, fight mode. I need to yep. tell that person. Go away, leave me alone. Back to the whole thing of people holding their dogs and the dogs being snappy. There's no flight option, so they've gone into fight. You've got, you've got zero option. You've got to go to fight. Exactly. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly. If you are cornered, you, you have two choices. You either give up and do nothing or you fight back. And a lot of chihuahuas will get in there first because they've learned that works i mean there are there are certain breeds i always joke minx has her approved breed list that has about six dogs on it um interestingly one of them's radisha ridgebacks oh wow is that a good or bad for her she she likes ridgebacks she, she likes used to walk with yeah. one as a puppy we've met another couple that have been quite chill although they're very big they tend to be once they've i mean not the puppy ones because they're puppies but older ridgebacks a quite chilled little bit aloof she quite likes that there's a big dog yeah. there, but that's cool that's fine she still hates my german shepherd she will always hate my german <laughs> shepherd. we are we are content with this she's not overly she's not overly keen on collies which when we go to competitions there's a lot of those around mm, mm. but she loves shelties 
Shelties. Shelties. Oh, well. Because one of my really good friends had Shelties. We used to all walk together. So uh, Shelties yes. are good. She has a positive association. Yeah, positive association. Absolutely. Have you ever been to one of these big Chihuahua meetups, like Chihuahua Fest or one of the craziness where like there's about 300 Chihuahuas all in a place together? You know what? Um, I actually haven't yet. I was going to go to Chihuahua Town and yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm glad I kind of didn't. Okay. <laughs> also, I, I'm glad I kind of didn't because I know that I would see and I'm not dissing anyone with that goes to these shows. I'm sure a lot of them were well socialized and everything. But mm-hmm. I did see a lot of people in the, in the group say, oh, um, my Chihuahua needs socializing. I'm going to take them to this big festival or, you know, this this big. Socialising, so you basically just took them to like the biggest football match in the world yeah. and shoved them in the stands with all the other supporters. And I knew I was going to see a lot of overwhelmed, stressy dogs there. So I didn't go in the end, but I, I will. So um, I went to I went to Trial Fest a couple of years ago before obviously everything happened and the world closed. Mm-hmm. And do you know what? So having Chica's very, I would say Chica's very dog neutral. Yeah. She, she's not bothered. She's just neutral. Like if a dog wants to say hi, she'll be polite and say hi. If she thinks they're rude, she'll tell them. But generally she'll just ignore it. She won't actively go to say hi to other Yeah, dogs. it's my terrier. Um, both of them were like, oh, our people are here. These are our people. Oh, really? So what was interesting, I did see a few little discussions, because we've uh-huh. discussions in our house, between short heads and long heads. Wow. Okay. Well, there was a bit of racialness going on in, yeah. in the two camps of the long hair. But actually, my girls were like, ah, oh, you were like us. You were small. Okay. Didn't have a single mimimi. Yeah. From either of them. Went with a couple of friends with there. So we had, I think, five chihuahuas between the three of us. Uh-huh. And we had a lovely day. I did see a few that were looking not too sure, not too comfortable. Mm. But generally, they were all right and what was lovely they'd set up a little mini agility course Hmm. um they'd set up a little trick ring there were some little demos um you could get their photo taken with santa literally both my chihuahuas were like who's the weird bearded dude no thanks (laughs) and i've also got a picture of my nephews aged about two with Hmm. santa both screaming their heads off at the (laughs) so i was like oh it's clearly in the family no one's keen on santa (laughs) <laughs> but for me because I know my dogs and I know I'm not going to put them in situations that they're not comfortable with actually I enjoyed it mm. but I was with other trainers as well that also had two hours so we were kind of giving maybe given a little bit more space than the other people generally would but yes. I think if you've got a chihuahua that is breedist because I hate to say it they are mm. chihuahuas are a little bit breedist yeah, mate, do you think it's a size thing? Do you think it's this just a size thing? I think it's also, I think, now, I don't have any scientific backing behind this, but one thing I did learn from being on the groups, a lot of Chihuahua breeders don't let their puppies go to their new homes until they're 14, 16 weeks old. Yeah, that's, now, yeah. From a training point of view, the training window for the very first experiences is zero to 14 weeks yes yeah so if you've got a breeder that has done lots of sensory stuff with the dogs maybe followed the puppy culture plan Mm -hmm. 
has maybe taken the puppies out and done a bit more with them in the world amazing Mm. great if they have been in a whelping box or in the same area and the same garden for the first 16 weeks of their life and then we wonder why they're losing their shit in the world this is a big one for me yeah absolutely um if you (laughs) i know i know just if you actual a lot of people i know other breeds i know of yeah the breeders actively keep those puppies for that length of time now the reason i've heard is because it's to do with blood sugar and these teeny dogs if they go early and people aren't maintaining their diets the way they should be they can um go hypo basically Mm. To me, if you are breeding dogs that you know that's a risk, then you should be picking who's having your puppies very bloody carefully. Yes, I agree. had left, well, I've still got minks, but Angel went to her new home at eight weeks old. Yeah, I agree with, yeah, absolutely. Now they are bigger puppies. Yeah. And they went with their food and they went with the instructions, but... At six weeks old, they'd been to the stables and they'd been carried around the stables and they'd met horses and they'd met dog other dogs that I knew were vaccinated. They met the other dogs in my household. They'd met lots of people. I deliberately had children come to my house to meet my yes. puppies. Yeah. I also had my mum's a hairdresser. So I took the puppies to the salon so they could yeah. meet older people. And you know what? All of this should be done if that if that breeder is letting puppies go at 14 or 16 weeks, then that breeder, it's that breeder's responsibility to do all of that before they go to their homes. Yeah. That, that, I guess that socialization window uh, closes around 16 weeks maximum. Um, and really that's, that's the job of the breeder to do the majority of that quality socialization, the correct socialization before yes. they go. Otherwise you've got a dog that's just, uh you know like um in well, kind of isolation isolated yeah before they go go to their new homes and then taken out on walks and maybe sometimes that, those owners will keep the puppy back even more because they don't want to take them out yet it's cold or you know they worry about the vaccinations or something i don't know um but, but then they don't to 16 weeks the breeder should have the the puppy should be arriving at its new home with all its vaccinations done every yeah. day I'm ready to go, but the problem is starting socialization at 16 weeks. It's just not going to work, probably. No, it's too late. You've missed your start block. You've missed your flight. It's gone. Yeah. (laughs) Completely gone. I think this is part of the problem. Yeah. Why we are seeing so many chihuahuas with serious behavioral issues is because they are not getting the correct socialization. And again, to the breeders that are doing an amazing job, we applaud you we thank you Mm -hmm. and well done yeah may you carry on for a long time to anyone that is listening to this that is breeding chihuahuas and is not socializing Mm -hmm. you are letting your puppies down Mm -hmm. absolutely and letting the owners down as well (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i don't care if you hate me for that opinion the fact is if you are a breeder and you are not socializing your litter regardless of breed Mm -hmm. You are letting down your puppies and you are letting down your owners. This is this is super important, Gary. Actually, this is super, super important because then you have, yeah, you have uh owners that then they then possibly need behavior modification, which is going to cost them money. 
mm-hmm. and time and you've got a dog that really is it's beyond you can work with them of course but then so much prevention can be done before we get to that stage um, I mean the thing yeah. is well, if I'm paying thousands of pounds because that is the cost of puppies now if I am paying thousands of pounds to buy a dog I expect that breeder to have put the bloody work in to make that puppy worth. If someone said to me, right, you're going to get this puppy. It's going to have had all the socialization. It's going to be house trained. It's going to be able to walk on a lead nicely. It's going to have a read. Can you imagine? (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) But actually it's going to cost 500 pounds more than that puppy that's had nothing done with it. I pay that age 500 pounds, you know, I, I always say I was very fortunate with Dodge, you know, but I've got so much respect for Dodge's first owners for realizing he was going to be too much for them. But also they gave me a puppy that was all of that. He was crate trained. He was house trained. He knew how to walk on lead. He didn't jump up mm-hmm. because they had done good training with him. Now there are some other behavioral things going on there, but it's a shepherd and we won't go into that today. <laughs> but his first people did the best they could for him. They were going to puppy classes early on, but they got him at, I think he was eight, nine weeks old when they got him. Mm-hmm. I got him at 17 weeks and he'd already done a block of puppy classes. He'd already done this. He'd done that. He was socialized. They'd done the good stuff. Yet we're seeing these chihuahuas that are going to their homes at the same age that have had nothing yeah. they're not like, house trained like they're seven or eight or six weeks but they're meant they're actually 16 weeks yes yeah? yes uh, amazing uh, baff- baffling actually and it's like well all that time what have you been doing <laughs> with these puppies exactly if you if you are breeding for the good of the breed you are putting the time in to improve that litter if mm. you are breeding for monetary gain then I'm sorry, but you should at least be producing a product because that's what it is if you are doing it just for the money. You should mm-hmm. be producing a product that is of the standard that is worth the price tag you're freaking putting onto it. I had um, a client come to, well, she's not, wasn't a client, but she was an inquiry come to me mm-hmm. and um, she'd had a, a, a lovely little chihuahua. I think she was probably about four months old um, and she paid 1400 pounds for this chihuahua. And this chihuahua came, um, it was terrified of everything, absolutely terrified. And um, I said, you know, this, I mean, I, I sort of asked her what the breeder had done. Well, nothing, she hadn't been anywhere, uh, which is very, very common. And this client asked me um, how much it would cost to kind of do a session. And I think it was like at that time, 140 quid or something to come and see her. Well, I'm not paying that. I'm not paying that. <laughs> but she's just already paid like 1400 pounds for a broken puppy, you know? this is the other thing isn't it you know people seem to feel that you know you have to remember when you're hiring a dog trainer yes we may give you a solution in an hour but you are paying us for our experience the thousands and thousands of pounds that we've put into courses but also the thousands and thousands of hours we have put in to get the experience where we can go in and go Oh, you need to, well, if you do this, 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 you know, you don't, if you've got a gas leak in your house, you don't go onto YouTube to (laughs) find a video. You don't go onto Facebook. Oh, I can smell gas in the house. Can Mm -hmm. anyone tell me what to do with the gas smell in my house, please? 
you'd get people going, get out of your house and ring the freaking gas company and turn the gas off. You need a professional. Yeah, exactly. So why should dog training be any different? You know, especially when you've got dogs that are coming into this world that have had no socialization, no thought to the temperament that has been bred from mum and dad. Yes. So you've bred from two fearful dogs and then you have done zero socialization with the puppies. Honestly, why do people buy chihuahuas? <laughs> well, you're setting that, that puppies are set up completely for an unsuccessful start, you know, an unsuccessful But life. potentially um, a really scary existence. Really scary. And, and you imagine if you were that puppy, how scared you would be if you hadn't experienced anything um, and you were naturally nervous and then all this stuff was happening to you and people were picking you up and people were coming up to you and putting their hands on you. And oh, it's There's just giant dogs that you've never seen. Because the only other dogs you've mm. ever seen. Yeah. Like, and also the other thing that's important with this as well, Chihuahua litters are often just two puppies. Mm. A big well, litter yeah. Chihuahuas is five. Chica, my, uh, my eldest, she was a single pup. Now that's got his whole nother... That's a different thing. <laughs> that we're not even going to start today because single puppies, it's very hard with their socialization because they haven't had the litter mates to learn from. But it's like children that are homeschooled that only have interaction with the other children in the house or children that go to nursery and have interaction with 30 other children. Is one more balanced than the other? You know, it's... It's so difficult. And because dogs need social learning, mm -hmm. if you've got a litter of two puppies, I mean, my litter was technically three, but we had a stillborn mm. and an emergency cesarean. Do not breed two hours to make money, guys. It's a whole heartache and heartbreak and don't do mm. it. But there were only two puppies in that litter to learn from each other and learn how to play, which is why... When they were four weeks old and their eyes were open and their ears were open and they were kind of waddling around a little bit, yeah. they were very carefully and only under supervision introduced mm. to the other dogs within my house. Yeah. To have the experience of other dogs that looked different from them because, yes. again, if you've only ever seen other chihuahuas and then you go into the world and go to the dog park and there's the curly-coated dogs and the wire-coated dogs and the giant dogs and the small dogs and the fat dogs mm. and the skinny dogs and the dogs with no tails and the dogs with long tails and mm. the dogs that shout very loudly and the dogs with pointy ears and the dogs with no ears and the dogs with floppy ears. <laughs> I mean, just thinking about I'm it. Blowing. yeah. Like, my brain's just gone, boom. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? And we're not, we're not talking about... Uh, taking your chihuahua puppy to uh, mingling with all these dogs like off lead or anything no. or going into a puppy thing we're talking about maybe watching them processing the environment making sure they can just see and watch and process and observe things happening take them to like a park and just hold them there um and breeders should be doing this as well breeders should be taking them out in little push chairs and stuff i think uh-huh you know uh-huh <laughs> Um, them acclimatize the world even I, can i just interject quickly yeah do it yeah i know an, an amazing uh white oh, hang on white swiss shepherd breeder that takes push chairs full of white shepherd puppies to the park to watch 
I need to meet this person because she's amazing. I've got yeah, puppies and just. She, and they're gorgeous puppies and she does all the all the um you know the correct socialization or the um neurological stimulation and everything oh she's amazing um but they all breeders should be doing something like that especially oh. for tiny dogs especially for chihuahuas yes. um because if you you've seen these little because a lot of chihuahua breeders i don't know maybe a lot of breeders and with that breed all sorts of breeds do this um but chihuahua breeders often have a lot of chihuahuas don't they there's like yeah. you you yeah. see, like, oh, I breed chihuahuas. Is like the equivalent of one dog. <laughs> yeah, because they're so small, you can fit a lot in. So they have a lot of chihuahuas, and you know, like you say, if you're just around chihuahuas all the time, a, a shepherd is going to freak you out. Mm. If you see it for the first time, and especially if you're on the floor and it's up there. <laughs> you know, the the first time you see a Newfoundland, like Mink, I remember there's a there used to be a lovely Newfoundland where we used to walk. And the first time we ever met, Minx was terrified. And this Newfie was the most laid back, loveliest. And actually, she became like all right with it. And we'd walk together and I talked to the owner. And, you know, the dog was lovely. It was a little bit slobbery, but, you know, it's not his fault. It's a Newfie. Yeah. yeah. But for her, that Newfie's paw was the size of her head. Mm. Like, yeah. When you when you that her whole body didn't even come up to its hock at the back. Like that's like one of the other dogs I used to walk her with was a wolfhound. First oh, time wow. maybe the first time we ever met Maeve, she was six months old, and this blooming huge puppy came bundling over. And yeah. I quickly scooped up the chihuahuas, and the owner was like, I'm really sorry. And I was like, it's all right. I just don't want them to scare your puppy <laughs> because I didn't want the chihuahua telling them off. But also that puppy accidentally treading on them. Squish. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> at six months old, she was already like up halfway up my thigh. Yeah. <laughs> I walked her for, for the duration of her existence, love her, and she was a beautiful dog. And I used to walk the chihuahuas with her regularly, and people used to laugh because she actually used to live with a pug in a Boston. So there'd be a pug, a Boston, two chihuahuas, then a wolfhound. I love that picture. <laughs> dreams of the dog picture. world. But personality wise, they all got on well together, they were all cool together, and that was fine. Because the wolfhound was very laid back. If the wolfhound had been very bouncy and springy, I wouldn't have walked with the chihuahuas just because mm. they wouldn't have coped with such a big bouncy dog. Um, they're not a massive fan of poodle mixes because they tend to be very bouncy. And they're bouncy, yeah. <laughs> they don't like that. No. are not no. a massive fan of spaniels because spaniels are very bouncy and bouncy. Yeah. Just... I think if you know that you're small, you're more likely, again, to be more protective of yourself. If you see a bouncy dog coming towards you or there's a dog, bouncy dog around. And actually, for me, I would want to protect my dog, my chihuahua as well, because I don't want them being bashed. I mean, like sort of being running to or anything. Um, I've taught Minxie's to come into that middle position, that peak yeah. position, because if she's in a peekaboo position, mm. I can pretty much block her from all angles if I need to. I can yeah. move my leg and put my leg between the oncoming dog or not. That also means if she feels the need to move away and get out of the way, she can. You can go into that position, yeah. Quite often she'll come into a middle and then she'll actually go, mum, I want to come up now. And I'm like, okay, we can lift you up. Now, yeah. 
The other thing, and this is one of my, so many people let them do it, and it's a big bugbear of mine, is the jumping up. Oh, you mean? I do up. not like my chihuahuas jumping up. <laughs> so many people reinforce this. They do. And you know what? I A lot of people, because they're so small to the ground, people tend to give them treats like, I'm going to stand up and show you. I don't know whether you can see this. They tend to give them treats like that. And they sort of get them to stand on their tippy toes like that, don't they? Yeah, they, they? don't like that. reinforcing a lot of dance, which my dogs do the Mexican yeah. dance on cue. Chica, you ask her to twirl and she goes up and she does a little dancing and it's very cute. But them jumping up on my leg to get my attention, it drives me insane. <laughs> the reason is because I try and keep the rules the same for all the dogs within the house. Yeah. And if I'm letting the chihuahuas jump up at me, that means technically I should let Munch jump up at me. She has raptor claws and is little fat head thing. But Dodge jumping up at you, his mm. snoz ends up in mine and taking a shepherd head to the skull is not the most comfortable things in the world. Ouch. <laughs> I can't have him practicing that in the world. I, don't, I can't have Munch practicing that in the world because being a bulberry, being a shepherd, them jumping up at people is not appropriate. No. I don't want little muddy paw prints all over me. I'm, I'm absolutely with you. Yeah, I'm what absolutely with you. The amount of people that are like, oh, well, you know, it's fine. They're only little. No. It's training. Hello. It's still training. <laughs> you, you wouldn't allow a Labrador to jump up at you. You wouldn't allow Malamute to jump up at you. You wouldn't want a Vizsla jumping up at you. So why are you teaching your Chihuahua jump? But the problem is, people oh she's all right she's only little oh she's yeah. oh look she's jumping oh look isn't she please do not give my puppy attention when it is that close but people looming over the yeah. top of them as well like i always say to people oh if you want to say hi like, it's a bit hard with older people because older people maybe can't get down so much yeah but then that's when i will say to my girls do you want to say hi and then i'm like do you want to be picked up and I say to them that if they sniff towards you, like you can give them a little tickle on their chest or stroke their back. Mm. Ask people not to stick their big fat human hand over the top of your chihuahua's face. Like. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's all about being an advocate for your dog, making sure that you know you're you're keeping at the end of the day, if you're nine, ten inches tall, you're gonna feel intimidated probably with a lot of things going on. Mm. Keep your chihuahua feeling safe. That's the main thing. Don't, um, the thing is though if you're a tiny dog you've kind of got a bit of a disadvantage because you've got the cuteness factor yep. people love cute don't they yep the big eyes the, the big forehead the little stubby legs it you know we all love babies and little dogs are very infantile in their, the way they, the, the way they look yeah and if you <laughs> if you are looming if you're staring at a dog and you're looming over and you're wanting to touch then for that dog, that body language is actually really quite hostile in dog language. Mm -hmm. um, so it is, it is, um, I, I see it all the time, people, um, I have a lot of people come to me, my dog snaps at other people, they approach, I say, well, why are you letting your people approach? You know, it's difficult one though, isn't it? Because people, oh, well, they just want to say hi because she's so cute. And I said, well, that's, that's the problem. She is very, very cute and people but, do want to say hi. Yeah, but this is where, right, people, don't come up to you and look at your mobile phone or like grab your handbag and go, oh, is that a Radley? Coffee, it's a Radley. Right? <laughs> Do you not be touching 
Mulberry handbag. Thank you very much. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. There's this real thing in society that it's people's rights to touch your dog. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not a problem I have so much with the shepherds. Yeah, well... I was joking with my friend this morning that, um, you know, when people, oh, you know, oh, they're my assistant's dog. I'm like, Dodge is my social distance. <laughs> because if anyone gets within about three meters of me, he's like, uh, yeah, you need to go away now. Thanks. <laughs> but it's funny, like having a ball braid, people cross the road, <laughs> having yeah. people gravitate to, like, and I'm very fortunate that both my girls are very people friendly, especially Chica. Chica loves new people. Chica's one of those dogs that if we're at a, a workshop or, so, or if I'm running an instructor course, if someone hasn't got a dog or their dog isn't suitable to come on the instructor course, they borrow a chihuahua for the day. Because my chihuahuas are, if you have food, if you are paying, they will work for you. They're like, <laughs> yeah, we'll work. Okay, let's do this thing. Let's go. Munch will work with people to a degree. She sometimes gets a bit overexcited. Mm. I'm a bit mindful. I don't let other people train Dodge. <laughs> just <laughs> Unless you are in Dodge's inner circle, like, no, it's not a thing. Yeah. But having dogs that you can just go, oh, yeah, they'll train for you. I understand is a rarity. I'm so lucky that my girls are so comfortable around people that they'll happily train with other people. But if you put them in a situation where they're with lots of strange dogs, mm -hmm. then I wouldn't then ask them to be with a strange person as well. Like it's it's very difficult and you have to be mindful of it. But I put in a lot of what when the uh, it was uh, I knew Chica's breeder very well. I knew that a lot of socialization and put and actually they were going on holiday before I was meant to pick her up and I said to them look if you're going away in a caravan you're going to be doing this that the other take the puppy with you I'll have her a week later because I knew the socialization opportunities that puppy was going to get at that age wasn't saying I had access to so I picked her up at, I think she was 14 weeks when I got her mm. because she'd been away but she'd been around kids she'd been around other dogs she'd been around a kitten uh the breeder had a kitten at the same time so Chica as a single puppy was actually raised with a kitten oh wow she likes sitting on the back of the sofa a lot I don't know if that's just yeah <laughs> maybe picked up some feline tendencies but <laughs> in terms of socializing around other people she mm. had a lot of that so she is very people friendly minx when I bred her I did a lot of socialization around people I was very dog selective and actually minx was very social with other dogs until we had the instant where she was chased Mm. and then she which broke my heart because I had put so much time and effort into and then it was that one don't worry it's friendly oh my goodness yes broke my dog but before we wrap up Hayley because we're I'm I'm looking at time and we are chatting you were worried about us having nothing to talk about like <laughs> I know and I, I actually do have quite a few uh my dog is friendly stories which I, I'm doing do it let's do it let's go over once again for the people that did not hear it in the back row why telling people your dog is friendly is not <laughs> doing them why first of all do not allow your dog to run up to others because if you have a chihuahua you don't want your dog being hurt 
but also if you see a chihuahua that is on lead that is maybe acting up and and you find it hilarious it's acting up because it's probably freaking terrified absolutely um and but also if you do have a chihuahua train it to not yes. to, to run up to you can train chihuahuas you can train them train um, your I, chihuahua not even train <laughs> dog. i do have a t-shirt that says train your dog which you need to train a chihuahua i think train on the, your on the front chihuahua. there yeah. the german shepherd would be the best one yeah <laughs> it's cool um my two dogs and i'm pretty proud of what i've done with them with the with the, with the outside um working with them outside with around other dogs my two dogs if they see another dog, that is actually a visual, like in a field or something. That's a visual cue for them to come back to me. Mm -hmm. I've done loads of yep. work on that. Sometimes yep. I don't even need to, and I'm not. Yes, Minx does that. Yeah, I don't even need to ask them. They'll go, oh, mum, yeah, where's my chicken or where's my cheese or whatever, and they'll come yep. back to me because I've done a lot of positive reinforcement. Wait, hang on there. a minute. So have you reinforced your recall so your dogs want to come back to you? Yes, I have. <laughs> training. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Congratulations, well done. Um, yeah, seriously, training for dogs. So yours have pretty much, it's become an environmental cue of other dogs means come back to mama. Perfect. Sweet. Yeah, especially the Jack Russell. Um, yeah, oh, Especially got, with the Jack Russell, fair play to that. Yeah, I've got video of it. Um, but I've also taught them each an, an emergency recall. So the two hours one's bacon. So her emergency rate we call is bacon. Um, and then I've got another one for the for the Jack Russell. And then they have a jewel um recall, which is dogs shouted quite urgently. So I need the need you both here now. Yeah, I, I have chihuahuas. If it's collective chihuahuas, that means both of you <laughs> now immediately here. Yeah. I need you here now. Um yeah. And also the, uh, not recall, but the chihuahua will actually do a get behind if I need to. And I've got that on video as well. I get nice. behind if I need her to go behind me to protect her yes. and I'm just there. Yeah. So, and you know, chihuahuas are super clever. There's no excuse. They are real, and they love to train. They love to work. And she's like a little pocket rocket, honestly. Little evil geniuses. This is why I use the pink. Evil geniuses, I like that. <laughs> they are trying to take over the world. I think so. Maybe that's why they are so small, because if they were actually bigger, they would just be a menace to society. I think they probably would, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what was it I had that I heard it called? Um, a, the collective name for a group of chihuahuas is a cartel. A cartel. That does make sense. I mean, I always refer to the chihuahua mafia, so, <laughs> because they will tag team. But yeah, the cartel. It makes sense. You know, Mexican gangsters. It's all falling into place. So the collective name for a group of chihuahuas is a cartel. Cartel, yeah. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> and no one's arguing this either. Everyone's like, mm, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's true. But see where you're going with that, yeah. This leads us really nicely to the whole specialising in a breed. What made you go, I want to specialise in chihuahuas? Because obviously I decided to specialise in hoopers. So I found a dog sport, ran with it, and that is my niche. That's my specialty. What made you go, I want to specialise in chihuahuas? <laughs> um, there, I think there's a massive need for it. There's a massive niche there. Yeah. Um, I, I hadn't actually seen anything or heard of anything, anybody else doing it. Um, and I think it's because of the, the, the poor advice we see constantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was, 
put into situations where they're not comfortable, um, labeled small dogs, you know, having small dog syndrome. And you know what? If you go onto YouTube, TikTok, or type in Chihuahua in any gift bar on your uh, a gift bar on your phone, you will see, and I hate to say this, but you'll see abuse on there. It is abuse. Um, no, it is abuse. Just you'll see call abuse it what it is, because watching a video of a dog attacking someone because they are so fearful is not funny. No. That's that's uh, yeah that's terrible and uh, so I try and stay away from that but um, that's partly why I, I set up um, this specialization in, in chihuahuas and because I want to really it's about education um, mm. and it's also about promoting how awesome these little dogs are and how clever they are and actually we can Honestly, do a lot with them. They are wicked and the amount of people that have met my guys and gone oh I didn't like chihuahuas but I like yours. Because yeah. you know what? This is the other thing. I've always been very, they are small dogs. They are not a baby substitute. I agree. Yes, exactly. Too um, many chihuahuas are not given outlets to be dogs. Dogs, yeah. They're not dogs allowed to dogs. They're not yeah. exercised like dogs. They're not fed like dogs. They're not treated mm. like dogs. You know, if, I mean... One of mine is, is raw fed. One of mine is fed cooked because she doesn't get on with raw. You can feed them the highest quality kibble. But when you're just feeding them human food as an unbalanced diet, that's not okay. Um, no. Minx um, is on different dog, which is really not the cheapest of foods. Like, honestly, you open it up and hubby's like, is that my... I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> that's the dog shepherd's pie, darling, not yours. Um, like the recipes... Are, there's like a fish supper and chicken casserole. And I'm there like, dog's better fed than I am. Yeah. But when you are completely humanizing, or I call it Disneyfying your dog, to the point where it's detrimental to the dog's, like, well-being, then it's not fair. Uh, you know, to me, it's detrimental to the dog to not let them do dog stuff not let them be dogs not let them try dog stuff and it doesn't mean being at the dog park and going to the park and playing with all the other dogs I mean just being given the access to training to enrichment to the stuff you would do with any other dog like chihuahua should be treated exactly the same mine love a snuffle mat mine love a puzzle game Mine love being given a box with treats in and being able to rip all the paper up and have a lovely time with it because yeah. they're given that access. Back in the days when I worked at stables, they came to the yard with me while I was mucking out and turning out horses. And it probably looked hilarious with me with two thoroughbreds either side of me and two little chihuahuas <laughs> trying behind to do a track run. Like, yeah. it's they can be little cool working dogs they don't have to be a handbag accessory and I think this is where even back in the day the you know I can remember seeing Paris Hilton with Tinkerbell in a bag you mm. know Legally Blonde one of my favorite films Bruce mm -hmm. Woods absolute icon freaking love that little dog god rest him but it really didn't do any good to teach people that chihuahuas are not accessories mm -hmm. they are a sentient living being yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, they are just so I think, you know what, I think we probably would see less behavior problems from them, less barking, possibly if people did more with them. 
like you work their brain and work their yes. nose because they're great little scent dogs as well okay scent dogs yeah scent all the ones done scent work they've done tracking yeah um, this one my chihuahua uh, my chihuahua Bo, she's great at scent work we did a little course um uh, but yeah absolutely um i think a lot of the behavior problems would probably be helped somewhat if people did more with their dogs more with their yeah. chihuahuas yeah, looking at stuff like the ACE free work, looking in like the canine enrichment groups, like, yeah, there's so much stuff. And, you know, also days where it is really cold and wet and miserable, you don't have to take them out for a walk, but you can do stuff in the house. One of the things um, I tend to do it when we are home alone, that adult supervision, but I will set up like an obstacle course around the kitchen. We've got a big island in the middle and I'll put like sofa cushions on the floor and like <laughs> <Don't do that. laughs> some of the gym equipment and like some cardboard boxes and some paper mm. and they just run around going crazy on all the different surfaces and like yeah. we do a bit of like fitness stuff with them um it's funny because dodge's paw pods like the chihuahuas can literally balance on one no the one yeah <laughs> just on the one block and he's there like that fits one of my paws and they're there with like all four mm. on it like la 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 but doing the trick stuff with them, doing scent work with them, like they absolutely love it. And actually in Japan, they have a Chihuahua search and rescue dog because to send wow. a bigger dog in would be too dangerous. So they send yes. a teeny tiny Chihuahua to see if there's people left because it's not going to disturb the buildings and stuff. No. Oh, wow. I think they're really underused. Massively. You know, stuff like that. I mean, how amazing is that? massively yeah. honestly like if if you are going to a good breeder that is putting their work in and you are going to do carry on with the socializing and everything else like chihuahuas are epic yeah absolutely when all the good stuff's given to them when they are when they're treated like these little handbag accessories like and i'm not saying like chica loves being carried around chica will literally lay in your arm like a baby Minks, <laughs> on the other hand, we call it baby cuddles. Well, literally, you know how you would like hook a baby in. Uh -huh. Yeah. Minks at four weeks old was not comfortable being put over on her back. She okay. always hated it. So we don't do those cuddles with her. She will sit on your shoulder, climb into your neck, and you Ooh. have to kiss her on the side of her face. She literally pushes into you for a little. Oh bit. wow. She does like so. Other half's big, burly, bearded builder <laughs> with chihuahua smushed into him having all the love like she's such daddy's girl bit like that video on youtube one of the nice videos i've seen on youtube with the little chihuahua wanting the kisses on the side of the face have you seen that little tiny one yes yeah those are the videos we want to see those are the <laughs> where the dog is actively going i'm comfortable and i yes. love you and this is great not the one of the poor chihuahua that's trying to eat the granddad because it's really not comfortable and everyone's finding it hilarious like well one of the worst things I, one of the worst videos I've ever seen and I yeah it uh, was when um there was a chihuahua on a, a guy's lap I think it was the, the owner it must have been the owner and there's a guy in the house that obviously the chihuahua wasn't really happy with um the chihuahua was barking a lot and then this guest went to pick up the chihuahua and as soon as he picked up the chihuahua the child played dead and just went mm. completely flat. Yes, I know the video. I know it. the video. It's really upsetting, actually, because and then it gets so many laughs. 
it's yeah. been and it was actually shared in a few of the chihuahua groups and people were laughing their heads off i said look that is um learned helplessness is sorry that's learned helplessness that's it's learned helplessness gone. yeah it's plain dead plain and dead that is abuse it is, it is it is yeah it'd be and there's loads of videos like that but the but the one with the little chihuahua wants wanting kisses we want more of that and when we see them like um uh like little lucky so um i'm i can't remember lucky's owner's name and i apologize for you but lucky's a little chihuahua he has competed at crafts in the obedience there's a chihuahua okay. obedience team just yeah. hours. Yeah. I've watched them doing heel work to music and stuff. Um, Lucky's just been to Japan and had major heart surgery and is recovering and doing amazing. Oh, I know things. who you mean. Yeah, he's a little chocolate long hair. Yes, and he's Lucky. stunning and yeah. he's gorgeous. And she has another one called Nikita. Why can I'm doing that thing where I know the dog's names and not the owner's names, and I'm really that happens all the time to me. Um, <laughs> but he is such a great advocate for the breed of. Mm -hmm how tenacious they are and how trainable and how amazing like and stable when, stable you know yes. like can take can can it's well socialized can go oh here and go God. there and not freak out he yeah. did the um britain's next top dog model and one of the other dogs um scarlet were uh, a rottweiler in it and i can't remember what the other breed was i think it was like a leonberger or something and mm -hmm. there were just these three dogs that were all completely different and little lucky's there like i'm cool I can hang with the dog. Oh my god, he's just delicious. Cute, yeah. But that's what Chihuahua should be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've done a little bit of um, well, a little bit of heel work with Bo, and she picks it up really, really quickly. Yeah. I've done scent work with her. We've done all sorts my of stuff. My girls do lovely heel work. Chica did rally. Chica did mm. a rally instructors course. She did up to the level three signs with me, which oh wow, quite high up. And she yeah. did it. And yeah. She walked it, and even the instructor was like. Oh, she is a really cool little dog. Like, yeah. she's awesome. And they are just, they can be such loving, cheeky, sassy. Like, we yeah. like, um, my friend yesterday popped in to let the girls out for me because I was working. And she said, she came in, she said, Mings didn't want to go out. So, like, I gave her a little cuddle, gave her some kisses. And then I put her down the floor. She, said she sort of walked out, lit to the garden, and then just sashayed back in. Because <laughs> that's the only way to describe it, is she's literally flicked her hair at you and just <laughs> sauntered back in, like the queen of the freaking castle. Just the sass of them. I love, 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 love so much. But they've got the whole package, really, haven't they? And their tiny little body. And Wise, they're not particularly difficult to maintain no. mine get brushed a couple of times a week when they're shedding like i tend to brush them every day or every other day they only get bathed if they've rolled in something vile mm -hmm. um yeah they're kind of and obviously mine are long heads short heads much less coat to worry about um but then you do need to worry about jumpers and other such things mm -hmm. um let's just talk dog clothing quickly because <laughs> There is, a, oh, wow. dogs don't need to wear clothes. Okay, right. Well, it's three inches off the floor and it's freezing cold outside. So I'm putting yeah. Also, yeah. it keeps them cleaner. So my guys, I'm a massive fan of equa fleeces, especially the little jumper ones. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It keeps them warm. It keeps them dry. It stops their bellies getting covered in mud. Now, mm -hmm. the girls don't particularly go deliberately into puddles and stuff, which helps. But 
even just walking through long grass, they will get wet because they are close to the floor. Yeah, absolutely. So the equi fleeces keep them dry. I'm not a fan of fashion clothes. Uh, nor me. <laughs> Especially dressing them up for Christmas and, you know, like... I mean, I don't mind having Christmas I... jumpers. I'm, I'm sorry, mine do have a Christmas jumper. If we go for yeah, morning, yeah, yeah. I'll wear the Christmas jumper and fleece. But now I'm not going to lie. I've looked at some of these harness dresses and I've been so tempted because they Oh, are yes. <laughs> it's basically a harness that has had a dress added onto it. Little tutu skirt on the end, oh, on the bottom. I, I did not think yeah. I would be killed in my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I am actually quite tempted to get, you know, to, to order stuff like that. But I think it's 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 how you're putting it on and if your dog's happy in it and... um. I've got no problems with people dressing their dogs up, provided the dog's happy. Um, exactly. Um, years and it's, ago, oh, it's serving a function. Minks a um a little hat that looked like a lion's mane, and oh my, right, <laughs> she wore it for about thirty seconds. He was going to die that night. She was already plotting, and she's never worn it since. Yeah, because she hates it. But she'll happily put a coat on or put a jumper on or whatever. But also there are days with them where I'm like, girls, are you coming for a walk today? And they are all like, they will even run into the living room and on the sofa and look at me like, no, <laughs> we're not going out there today. But there's other days they're like, yeah, let's go for a walk. Now they're a little bit older now. So I'm like, if you don't want to go out every day, that's cool. Yeah. I also understand that the world for them can be so overwhelming that actually having a day off of the world is not a bad thing. Absolutely. I mean, I see a, quite a few videos, actually, of people posting their, or any dog, really, but sometimes, obviously, many chihuahuas, wearing a big, thick coat, and then being dragged via flexi, uh, sorry, extendable lead on a, on their harness or something, dragged along. And the or dog even worse, on a collar. So let's just put this out there. Chihuahuas need to wear harnesses. Yes, yes. Unless need they physically harness. find a harness aversive, Please do not walk your chihuahua on a collar mm -hmm. because you just accidentally stopping when they're not expecting it is enough pressure to cause a lot of damage to your dog. Absolutely. And please do not jerk or pop the lead in any no. way when you're no, no. any. No, no. <laughs> because you are going to cause serious physical. We're going, harm. we're going down a different. Yeah. But this yeah. is just a little health and safety. Walk your yeah. chihuahuas on a harness, people. And also, if you are buying them clothes to keep them warm and stuff, please buy something that's practical and actually is going to keep them warm and not just something because it looks fabulous. And comfortable. And not so restrictive. So these these poor little dogs are sort of, uh, that I see sometimes, uh, sort of like, don't want to go for a walk, first of all, because it's wet. And they're having and to wear this cold. big bulky coat that they can't actually walk in. Yes. So it, it has to be it has to be good for the dog as well. Like you, I mean, I don't know if you if you've ever been anywhere where you like even like if you've been skiing or whatever and you've got like your salad pets on and you go you feel like you can't move properly. Yeah. You've got so many yeah. layers on. You feel like the Michelin or the Staple, yeah. don't you? You suddenly feel like you turn to the Staple. It's me teaching in the winter in a field. I look like Staple, <laughs> but. I, if I know I'm teaching all day in the winter, I leave the girls at home because they don't want to sit in the van all day while I'm teaching. They, they, they want to be in a lovely centrally heated house as sofa ornaments. That's what they do now. Dodge, on the other hand, wants to come to work with me and wants to sit in the van and wants to do stuff. And that's cool. 
Because I understand the different needs of the different dogs. Now, when Chica was younger, she came to work with me every day and loved it. The older she's getting, mm-hmm. she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to put on my shit anymore. Basically, she's no. like, no, <laughs> deal with you enough, woman. That's it. I'm tapping out. You got, you got the young one. Deal with the young one. I'm just going to sit here and look fabulous. So my my two dogs have got completely different different exercise needs the jack russell who's 12 although she's 12 she still likes a good run in the field so yeah exactly (laughs) three times a week she's in the in the field and we'll go for or for quite a long walk you know and i'll Mm -hmm. do a lot of sniffing so she's not she's you know at her own pace um the chihuahua mind you she is a a dawdler actually she does like to dawdle. She does a lot of sniffing. So we do a lot of sniffing walks with her. Doesn't really like sort of field walks. But at home, I do a lot of training with her and a lot of trick training and a lot of enrichment. And that's what she loves. So I've got two dogs with different needs. And yeah. there's a lot of separate walks that I do, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, um, I mean, like but- the girls, if like yesterday, I knew that it was going to be a little bit wet at the training field, a little bit down. If I'd got them out and put them before, Cheek will kind of walk around and be a bit like, oh, really? But she was at the yard with me a lot more, but like she was a bit more of a, a, mm. of a yard dog when she was younger. Yeah. Yeah. Literally get out, go on the floor and, go, and just stand still and look at me like the actual, pick me up immediately and remove <laughs> me from this dirt. Go to the beach. If I can, I don't take Minx with us to the beach. She doesn't like it. She doesn't no. like the sand. She doesn't like the water. It smells funny. She gets sand in her ears. It's not appropriate. So I don't take her there because she doesn't enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, see, I have a, quite a lot of people talk to me about um, client, you know, clients sort of say to me, uh, when I take her to the cafe or the pub, she's not happy. I think she's shaking. She's barking at people and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, well, don't take her. Just leave her at home, you know? Let her be a sofa ornament. They like being sofa ornaments. They do it really well. (laughs) Right, Hayley, I'm going to wrap up there because I'm looking at the time and we're like heading well towards that two hour mark. I know. Thank you. We were both worried about like, I know you were like, oh, it's my first podcast. Well, well done, honey. You're doing good. So if people want to find you, where can they find On the book face? On the book face. Yes, um, they can actually get hold of me uh, via Halo Pups, which is um, halopups.co.uk. That's my main training. Angels Halo, Halo Pups. Actual Halo, H-A-L-O-P-U-P-S. And I also have the free two-hour training help and advice group as well, so anyone can join that. Mm -hmm. But then I also have um, a VIP membership I started last month, which is called the Two Hour Charm Academy. And that's a paid membership that... Um, I've, I've just started. We do a lot. Last month was all last month. Sorry, it was all about body language and consent tests and all the rest of it. So it's a great foundation for people to start. Um, next month is about enrichment, and then the month after is about walks. So how to deal with walks with two hours. So there's a lot of information. It's action packed, jam packed stuff in there. Yes, it sounds um, fabulous. And that's a that's a Facebook group as well. But you can get hold of me on the Halo Pups or the Two Hour Training Help and Advice. Cool, excellent. So guys, until next time, remember you can follow my dogs on social media. Also, if you've enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe. And until next time, stay safe, be kind, wash your hands thoroughly, keep your dogs on lead around livestock and don't let them lick toads. Take care guys, bye. 
for more information on Hoopers, where to find classes and Canine Hoopers World Instructor courses, find us on Facebook, like our page, join our free group, Canine Hoopers World. You can follow us on Instagram and we're also on Twitter at Canine Hoopers. Check out our website, www.caninehoopersworld.com. Remember, Canine Hoopers World, everyone's invited.